Welcome to the Sacred Ancestry Podcast, a show about discovering the true human potential. Let's dive deep into physical, emotional, mental, and spiritual health. I'm your host, Thomas Worm. As you remember that time you were a lead saw in the shot crew and the saw just quit working and you were a few miles from the trucks? Next thing you know, you're hiking down the mountain and all the way down to the trucks and you had to pull out the field kit for a chainsaw surgery. I know, I've been there. The whole crew is waiting on you and your stomach's just turning with this anxious feeling of like, I gotta get back, right? You started with the basics, a quick chain sharpen, filter cleaning, check the spark plug, there's nothing obvious, so you dumped out the fuel, noticed it was clear, like, oh shit. You put a different fuel in, tried to start it, but the pull cord wouldn't even pull. The engine seized. As you pulled out the piston tool and tore down the chainsaw to the foundation, you remember seeing a hot ember go into the filter. Your stomach turns even more, knowing that your crew needs you up on the hill. But it's important to have all the saws running, right? And the spare was already down for maintenance. After taking out the piston, it was easy to see the piston had a chunk missing, and all you had to do was swap it out for a new piston. You learned that this was no easy feat in the field, right? You got back to work and kicked some ash for the rest of the day. If your mind is like a chainsaw, then all you need is the right tool to fix the foundation. That tool is the breakthrough session, because your subconscious mind is what ignites your life with action. The mechanics of that ignition are your beliefs, values, and emotions. When you release anger, sadness, fear, hurt, and guilt, it's like getting a rebuild from the inside out. The breakthrough session is leadership because when you lead yourself before you lead others, they'll follow, right? So go to Mountain Mind Tricks and click on the Discovery Session button. Find a time, fill out the form. The Discovery Session is a free chat about where you are and where you want to be. So go to mountainmindtricks.com and sign up for a discovery session. That's mountainmindtricks.com. Electromagnetic frequencies or EMFs are affecting your body right now. The World Health Organization reports that EMFs can cause headaches, anxiety, depression, nausea, fatigue, loss of libido, and sleep disturbances. What if you could protect yourself from the EMF fogs and the 5G rollouts? I've been trying products from Essential Vibes and I noticed a huge difference. The live blood tests show that your blood flow increases with less globules. You sleep better, have more balance, and the muscle testing proves this. So go to mountainmindtricks.com slash EMF protection to learn more. I was so impressed with these products, I had to add this to my natural wellness program. So check out Essential Vibes and go to mountainmindtricks.com slash EMF protection. That's mountainmindtricks.com slash EMF protection. I am so excited today for this amazing guest, David Mallory. He's one of my best friends, somebody I really look up to. Like He's just an amazing wildland firefighter, and I'm so excited that he's going to be here sharing his wisdom today on the podcast. And David, can you introduce yourself and, and kind of tell the audience like how you got into wildland firefighting, You know how you got here, and, and what you're doing now? <laughs> yeah, thanks for having me, Tom. Uh, look forward to this and seeing where this can go. 
Um, I've been a wildland firefighter since 2012. Um, uh, and I got into it because one of my college roommates, uh, did it for a summer and he was just explaining the fact that, you know, we get paid to camp and hike and travel and to cut down trees and to fight fire. And that just sounded super cool to me. So I just went with it and went down that rabbit hole. And here I am now, eight years later, uh, supervising my own uh, fire crew. So it's been a long journey. Yeah, that's awesome, man. And and what was that first season like for you? I mean, like getting into it, like where did you start and like where where is your career taking you? Um, so I'm going to be 100% honest. I was terrified my first season. I was terrified of fire and I always was like worried about that I was going to die, but I was in really really good hands. Um I started on a, a contract engine and from there I, I applied and I got in with a, a federal agency and recently I've switched to a state agency, which has been an amazing transition. And I think you and I, Tom, I think we spent a season or two together. I believe. Yeah, absolutely, man. Yeah, back in Wyoming, Wyoming. Those were some of the best seasons ever. I mean, just our crew was so cohesive and, and amazing. And like those years are probably some of the best years of my fire career. And I just look back to that engine and think like, wow, man, what an amazing time and what an amazing crew. And and I think that kind of gets into a little bit of like, you know, we worked together and, and we, uh, you know, we didn't really talk for a couple of years, but then uh, I started doing some of the work I'm doing and and you eventually reached out to me. So we have been doing, you know, the last six months, like we did do some work with breakthrough sessions and, and things like that. So, um, you know, it sounded like you want to talk about that a little bit. Yes. Yes, I do. Um, but just to kind of go back a little bit, if that's okay. Um, I've been thinking too quite a bit pretty recently about that, that crew that we had and trying to bring that wolf pack mentality that, you know, that whole module had and slowly but surely implementing those, those, those ideas and that, that family like structure that we had. Um, if that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely, man. That, that, that crew for sure felt like a wolf pack. Like everybody was so close, so close knit. Yeah, absolutely. Sorry. I was just taking a drink of water there. Um, if you don't mind uh, repeating the last little bit of that question, um, I can take, take it from there if that works. Yeah. So, so we were talking about, you know, we met in Wyoming and uh, worked on, on the engine for a couple years 
uh, we didn't really talk for a couple of years after that, you know, and, and then we started working together on some mental health stuff. And, and, you know, I think for, for people that don't know my story and I've talked about it like all the time, basically is all I talk about is, is our assistant engine captain that passed away and, and, uh, how hard that was for me personally and what it's done to my life. And, and I think there's a common thread for me and you, because we were both there, during that time. And it's, it's definitely shaped both of our lives, right? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I looked up to him as a, as a mentor and in a sense, uh, a father figure, if you could say, and the time that I spent with him, I feel like I just, um, I don't really know how to describe it. Just, try to take in as much as I could from him and just watch, watch him and learn from him. And his, his leadership style for better or for worse, (laughs) I've, (laughs) I've, I've tried to mirror in a sense, you know? Yeah, absolutely, man. And, and, um, so, you know, that experience kind of, I mean, for me, it was very, uh, it was traumatic for me in, in a very sense of losing him so suddenly. And, and I think it's something that kind of a couple years later started to affect you, or maybe it would just, um, stuff started to add on and pile on in your life. And that's where you reached out to me and we started talking about breakthrough sessions and stuff like that. Right. Yeah. Kind of, kind of like what you're saying. Uh, I thought I had it all handled and figured out and kind of dealt with. But as as the fire seasons, or I guess they're they're calling them fire years now, progressed, uh, I just found it more and more difficult to keep my head in the game at all times. And I'd been following the work that you'd been doing. And by happenstance, I I just reached out to you. I think we had like a phone conversation or something. And I kind of hinted on that, hey, I'm struggling a little bit. And we, we just took it from there. And I had a breakthrough session with you. And you really just helped change a lot of things in my life since then. Helped me reframe a whole lot and really, truly just changed my life. So big kudos and big thanks to you, Tom. Oh, thanks, man. I really appreciate that. And, and uh, you know, we did do a live interview about, we went really in depth into the breakthrough session and the work we did. And so I don't want to dig too deep into it. I just really want to say, like, it was amazing to work with you as a client because you're you're one of my best friends. And it was it was so amazing just to, to help you in that way. And, and I'm glad that we're even closer than we were now. And it's just like, we have such an outstanding relationship now. It's it's uh, beyond words, really. So like, thank you, man. I appreciate it. And, and, and so, you know, just to, just to hit on it lightly, I mean, some of the, like for people listening that are wondering about breakthrough sessions, like 
could you just tell them like kind of your experience and and what that was like and and after that we're gonna we're gonna move on to some really cool stuff yeah so i've i've tried to talk with mental health professionals in the past and it really got me nowhere i left feeling discouraged and after that breakthrough session it was i don't know four to six hours and i felt that i had covered more in that four to six hours than i had covered in the past trying to talk to anyone else and i think it was a trust thing you know uh i was just talking with you and am i allowed to shout them out on this oh oh yeah alan and cindy are here all the time so awesome well working with you and alan and cindy uh it was 46 hours 180 degrees uh life change yeah that's that's a beautiful way to describe it and and kind of the way i like the shortest way i can describe it for people is it's like it's like 30 years of therapy in eight hours or six hours and it's it's huge i mean it is literally that big right yeah absolutely um like uh, i'll repeat it again but it was four to six hours uh you know, hashed out a bunch of issues from my childhood and some dealing with some of that trauma from losing, you know, our captain. And ever since then, I've, I've felt that I've, I've been a better man and a better leader and a better firefighter. Oh man, that's, that's, that's flipping amazing. So, so you went through a breakthrough session and, and you kind of like achieved all these goals you had set out for maybe like, yeah, you know, in like five years, I'll be doing this and that. And it happened in like six months, which is really common after the breakthrough session. So like, I just got to say, man, I'm proud of where you are and all the work you've done. And and thank you for sharing all that for, you know, helping people that are listening, just break the stigma of like, man, mental health is real. We got to talk about it, especially in the wildland fire community because it's it's like at crisis levels right now. And I think after this season, it's just going to be amplified, right? Because this year we all know 2020 was just insanity out there. And and so I want to get more into, you know, some of the leadership principles that you've been working on using, integrating. Yeah. Um, and for, for those... Who, who might be listening, uh, this, this fire season or fire year is not yet over. And uh, for some of us, uh, looking like it's going to be a quick and early start at the beginning of next year. And I, I'm, I'm really concerned for the, the mental health of of a lot of these, these wildland firefighters. Um, I've recently, as of this week, actually just started teaching the basic S 130 S 190 and L180 courses to some rookie firefighters. And that's been pretty cool. I've never taught taught those courses before, and it was it was pretty 
uh, eye-opening to, you know, being able to share a lot of those uh, experiences not directly related to the to the job, but to um, some of the more nuanced things of the job, if that was a proper way to to state that. Yeah, kind of like, yeah, are, you like about, are you talking about are you talking about like the the human element of it all of of you know, being a leader and, and being a wildland firefighter, really You're talking more about the human element of all that. Yeah, absolutely. The, the human factors is seeming to be, uh, a bigger and bigger piece of, of what we do out there. And, you know, as some of you may know, it's getting hotter and drier, but we don't have to go down that. But uh, the the leadership stuff is is definitely something that I've I've dived down that rabbit hole. Um, listened and watched a lot of uh, podcasts and videos from Jocko, and that's been pretty pretty cool. And that's definitely really helped me out. Um. And then today we were talking about, I'm going to butcher his name, but I believe his name is David Marquette or something like that. He was a, a submarine commander and he's recently retired and started his own, his own company. And is, um, is that the guy that did the turn the boat around or turn, yes. turn the, yeah. okay. Yes. Yeah. Him. And it, I don't, I think that's the kind of leadership style that, that I'm trying to portray is I want to empower every single one of my firefighters to lead up and to be able to make those decisions on their own, you know, give them that task, purpose, and end state so they can go forth and do good things, not always have to come to me with questions and they'll be able to, you know, hash that stuff out as a crew, hash those problems out, come up with solutions on their own. So they're not always having to look to me for, for answers and trying to uh, always have me there, you know? Um, Yeah. Go ahead. Oh, it's like, yeah, absolutely. And I think, you know, part of that's like encouraging your firefighters to tap into their gifts or their talents. Like, you know, we all have that guy on the crew that's like a mechanic. We all have that guy on the crew that's literally been a carpenter for 10 years in the wintertime. So it's like, man, those guys have skills. Like, and, and when we encourage them to use their specific skills, like the crew is just so much more well-rounded and cohesive and even better, right? Yeah. Absolutely. Um, a lot of this job is not fighting fire directly. It's working on our equipment and training and fixing stuff and building stuff and, you know, trying to add on to our equipment and making tweaks on our engines and our dozers to make them more effective and, 
make them run run better in different fuel types if that makes sense and yeah and i have and i i feel like i have that that team in place here and uh that's 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 what i'm trying to do is tap into each of those individuals specific skill set and have them mentor and help teach other people on on the crew so we can all be better cuz i'm going to be honest i'm not the best carpenter <laughs> and i'm not the best at fixing stuff but i have what i feel is a pretty good baseline knowledge of that and i've i've been learning tons from these guys each day and it's been pretty powerful do you have perfect health could you improve your sleep immune system or energy levels what about muscle recovery or detoxing from the fire season i've been using the essential oils for a few months now and i've been getting perfect sleep my immune system is top-notch and i feel amazing essential oils are plant allies that support our bodies in a million different ways on guard supports your immune system Lemon helps you detox the heavy metals from the smoke, and the peppermint will release your head tension in seconds. Support your healing journey and go to mountainmindtricks.com essential-oils. Essential oils are hundreds of pounds of pure organic plant material pressed into a tiny amount of liquid, which means the essential oil is a powerful ally. So go to mountainmindtricks.com essential-oils. That's mountainmindtricks.com essential-oils. Oh, I love it, man. And, and just being able to go into that, uh, that, you know, mindset of like, Hey, you can be the leader in this situation. This person can lead me. I think that's so powerful for leadership is to be able to step back and, and follow. And and I think if, if somebody can't follow, then they can't lead. And, and I think that goes back and forth of it's, it's a dynamic situation on a fire crew. Like sometimes there's a trainee crew boss. Sometimes there's a trainee engine boss. And it's like, if you can't let them truly be the leader, you know, what's that say about yourself? And that, that, that's where we got to start looking deeper into, into ourselves. And, and I want to get your thoughts on this Dave, because I think, you know, to me, something I've been writing about a lot is internal leadership, which is, you know, we got to lead ourselves inside, like deep inside, like, like breakthrough session deep before we're really like flower and becoming that, amazing leader that we can be right yeah absolutely um i know that was uh a a bit of a a struggle for me that transition from being just a crew member to being in a leadership role and it took me a good season season and a half to truly grasp what that looked like and what that felt like and how to effectively accomplish that. Yeah, it's, it's tough. Cause it's like, you're going from the, you know, everybody's your friend to all of a sudden, yeah, we're friends, but there's a little more meat to this relationship now because, because now, you know, I'm responsible for you. Right. Exactly. And with that, that's, that's a lot of 
added stress, uh, I, I'm sure as you know, is you have, you know, anywhere from three to seven people's lives in your hands and your decisions that you make on and off the fire line affect them. And, you know, one of the, one of the earliest lessons that I learned was, you know, you can't please everyone out there. Your decisions for better or for worse might upset one person, one or two people, or perhaps even the entire crew. But, you know, at, at, at the end of the day, we, we as leaders are getting orders and given tasks to accomplish. And as many, many people know, they're not always the most fun. You know, we're not out there building direct line every day. You know, firefighting is like 90% mop-up, right? So, you know, after day 10 of mop-up, crew morale can, you know, kind of drop and people can start to get kind of cranky. So I've, I've felt that it's pretty important to just, you know, take five at two and sit the crew down and just try to check in with everyone and see how they're feeling and see how they're doing and making sure that, you know, if, if we have that, that opportunity to, to call home and talk to our families and check in with them, you know, I feel like that's pretty important and, you know, making sure that everyone is, is getting that good rest that we need and eating properly is something that I really, really try to do. Yeah. It's, you know, just like, you know, sleep your people, feed your people and pay your people. Right. I mean, that's me and yours like staple of, <laughs> of being a leader. It's so important to really focus on that stuff. Cause we don't cover the foundation. I mean, there's just nothing left. Right. And we've really got to get that rest and sleep and, and proper nutrition. And I think, you know, across the board, like, especially as a nutritionist, like it's just a struggle to get good food on fires. Now it's just, all it is is Skittles and Snickers and ham sandwiches. And it's like, man, there's like, honestly, as a nutritionist, Little like we should be nutrition. Eating, yeah. We should be eating MREs over the fire lunches, like a hundred percent as a nutritionist. I, I, that's what I say. Yeah. And, um, I, I think there was a study that, uh, Missoula did. I'm going to, I do not remember, um, Missoula Department, Missoula Technology Development Center, or something like that, MTDC. They, I think they studied like a group of jumpers or, or hot shots and found that, yeah, like kind of like what you were saying is, is their performance drops off towards the middle and end of season. And a big part of that is, is those fire line lunches. It, like, like you're saying, it's all Cheetos and Snicker bar, Snickers bars and crap sandwiches and nothing but meat and potatoes for breakfast. And the quality of that is 
of, of that food is just not what we should be putting into our bodies. Right, right. I mean, is Michael Phelps out there eating McDonald's every day or right before an Olympic trial? It's like, no way. Like, and I think there's kind of this stigma of like, you know, I've heard this so many times of like, I'm just a firefighter, right? Like we've all heard that, but it's like, no, like wildland firefighters are seriously, uh, they're peak athletes. They're actually professional athletes. And, and in some ways, like what you're talking about, some of the studies have shown that like the hot shots specifically, their bodies are at a whole different level of performance, like almost like beyond scientifically possible, which is so interesting because it's like, there we're all in the same you know category as ultra marathon runners that's what we do like when we really have a hard season and it's like do those ultrathon you know marathon runners do they do they live off mcdonald's and snickers and cheetos like no way those no. guys eat perfectly and it, it's just insane to me that you know this hasn't been taken care of yet and i'm really hoping you know that the grassroots movement's gonna really take you know I, they're working on so many amazing things in the the comprehensive, um, you know, wellness portion of, of what they're doing is like, I really hope the food gets talked about because it's, it's a huge piece of what we're dealing with. And, and honestly, a lot of that sugar and a lot of the poor foods, like it adds to the mental health. I mean, it is definitely connected. Yeah, I agree. I agree 100%. And I, I hate to, you know what? No, I'm not going to mention uh, I'm not going to mention it, but I've seen some hotshot crews this year transition into more of a uh, cooking for themselves. You know, crews going in with their per diem and cooking and having a, a camp trailer set up so they can spike out and cook their own food. And from from what I've seen on social media, it's been like the pictures that they've posted is like, wow, this is, this is what we need to be. This is what we need to all be eating every day, you know? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I think that's like right there, that's the mindset that we all have as firefighters is like, there's an obstacle, there's a roadblock to getting the job done. How are we going to get around it, go through it or deal with it? And it's like that obstacle into an opportunity is like so critical for, being good at our jobs, right? I mean, what do you think? Uh, yeah, we have to be problem solvers, 100%. Every individual on that fire line, whether they're a first-year firefighter or a 30-year IC, we're all problem solvers, right? And it, we, like like you said, we're, we're given problems and or obstacles, and like you said, reframing that into opportunities to make our culture as a whole better. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's huge. And, and I think that problem solving mindset is, is, you know, it's just built into the job because it's like, I can't tell you how many times you've been out there, like, you know, the lines blowing up and now the Mark three dies, right. Or the chainsaw dies right when you're getting into some hotline, it's like, Oh my gosh, you got to solve the problem and you got to solve it right now. Right. And there's, it's, it's, everybody's had that happen to them on the line. And it's, it just builds that character of, you know, what you're talking about earlier, like the human factors. Like that's why the human factors are so critical because in that moment, you could either throw your chainsaw down the hill because I've seen that, 
yeah. or, <laughs> or you can sit there and put a new e-clip on and get back to work. Right. And yeah. that's the difference in, I think that's the difference in like how we're raising our new firefighters, how we're leading people, you know, like let's get off the old school mentality of beat the shit out of everybody. And let's get back to like human factors. Right. And empowering our people to, you know, it, to be better firefighters because, you know, it, a lot of that stuff is not taught in these, in these basic level courses, simple problem solving. And, you know, I don't know if that just comes with experience and building those mental slides over time, but there's, there's definitely better ways and more effective ways to to do this job than what they were doing in the past, right? Yeah, yeah, and I think I think just like everything else, you know, this um, this job, this career field, this profession is really evolving, and I think that's you know back to the grassroots theme. It's like really we're not forestry technicians anymore. That's just not the reality, and so we're evolving into this like really like high sought after profession that's that's really important like look at 2020 look what happened like this isn't just some guys in the woods anymore like we're saving whole towns at this point so it's it's there's so much more spotlight and so much more need for what we're doing it's just um it has to change because you know like even my experience this year in california was just like why are we doing why are we going direct on this piece for three weeks when we could just burn it out and be done like two weeks ago, literally. And it's like those, those different styles of, of tactics and techniques. And like, it seems like there's some resistance to change in, in the old school kind of upper echelon. Wouldn't you think? I, I, I definitely agree with that 100%, but I've, I've really seen uh, a market shift over the last couple of years, I could I could go on and on about the the dumb places that I've had to put line. You know, we oh we have to catch this fire, you know, a quarter mile off this road. We can't just let it come to the road and then burn it out. Now we have to go direct and we have to we have to paint this whole road. And and I've really seen a a pretty good shift over the last couple of years, at least in my experience of, well, we have, we have roads that we can hold and we don't always have to go direct and put these people in just super nasty places. Um, you know, I was, I was up in central Washington this summer and I, I know that you've, you've spent some time up there and it, it it's, just incredibly steep, incredibly thick country up there. And those fires, and unless you catch them at a single tree, you know, they, they go a hundred thousand, 300,000. Like what's, what's the next big fire up there? Is it, is it going to be a half a million or is it going to go a million? You know, is that, is that going to be the next mega fire? Right, right. And it's, you know, how, how are we going to adapt to this new environment? And not that it's, 
it's, you know, some people I think have even resistance to that, that it's a new environment. But I, I truly think after seeing what I saw this year, some, some of the fire behavior I saw on the ground was like, yeah, I can see how that's possible, but it's not even this stuff that we're seeing is not even taught in S130 and S190. I mean, it's just different. Like the books are trash at this point, right? Yeah. Um, especially like where I am, they had a, a pretty historic fire season down here. And thankfully, the instructors, excluding myself and, and some of the some of the guys on the crew, have firsthand knowledge of these 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 fires, and they're they're all saying it, it is one hundred percent unprecedented. I've never seen this before, and it's it it it's a scary scary place to be in because it's i feel that it's a, a sign of things to come this upcoming year and you know the next five or ten years this this extreme fire behavior i know we've talked about this in the past it is is extreme fire behavior the new norm you know is getting downhill crown runs at 10 in the morning is that the new norm is fires making hundred thousand acre runs in an afternoon, the new norm. Like I know when I started, you know, Oh, hundred thousand acres. So oh, that's a big fire. And I feel like now it's like a oh, hundred thousand acres, like, uh, and made that push yesterday afternoon and it'll probably do the same today. And it's, it's really scary to think, that there's a bunch of, you know, 20 something year olds romping around the woods, <laughs> like doing gangster stuff that a lot of the public doesn't get to see every day. And it, I've, I feel that it's becoming, it's more of a, a forethought for a lot of the public. And, uh, you know, going back to that grassroots thing, that's, you know, they're, they support us and, you know, maybe that's, hopefully it'll be that good change that this community needs, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And, and, you know, just some of the things they're hitting on, like the, the, the health and wellness and mental health and the, the better pay and the wildland firefighter designation, all that stuff, you know, we could go on forever about that. And it's, like we all know it, we need it. And it's, you know, it's not every agency is like that, but you know, the federal agencies are just dragging us in the dirt. Right. And it's, it's, it's time for change because it's, it's, uh, it's needed and, and we need better pay. We need better men mental health. And I think that's where like, you know, I keep coming back to the human factors. Cause it's like, we got to learn how to lead our people, not just like physically operational. We got to learn how to lead them mentally and emotionally through these fire seasons now because it's a lot different than it was for sure 10 years ago you know 14 years ago when i started it was it's 100 percent different personally that's just my experience and uh you know how we you know transition that leadership into a better mental health like what does that look like to you i think we're headed in the right direction you know i think our leadership when we got started i think they were some of the first to get that buy-in there. I think they were some of the first to see, Hey, 
you know, we need to do a better job at taking care of our guys. And uh, at least, at least I feel that it's, they are doing their best to look out for us. And, you know, they're, they're going to support our decisions and they're, they're not stuck in that old mentality. And, you know, with, with that kind of tagging off that is it comes back to us now, you know, we're, we're the new first level, first, second level leadership on a lot of these flyers and you know if if we impart our 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 desires to to take care of you know those around us on on new people and keep expressing our our desire to you know get better mental health is you know it's a it's a step in the right direction yeah, man, I, I love it. And it's, it's, uh, you know, as long as we're stepping forward in the right direction, we're succeeding. And, and honestly, there's, you know, I think from fire, just all these years, it's like, there's no failure. There's only feedback, right? We're just growing as a community and, and maybe there's some growing pains right now and maybe things are changing, but I know in my heart that this community is, is by far one of the most important and, like aggressively happy communities I've ever been a part of in my life. And that's why I'm like, I'm so enthralled with like being in and helping wildland firefighters. Cause it's just, man, these people are literally like heroes. They're, they're amazing people in my mind, like super athletes that are like doing gangster shit in the woods, like you said. And it's, it's just like, that's what we're doing. Right. I mean, it's, it's fun. It's amazing. And there's also, there is that mental health cost that, you know, it's, it's huge. And I, and I, I'm so happy there's, there's more and more talk about it going on. There's more companies popping up. There's more, um, foundations popping up. There's, there's going to be a time when, you know, forestry technicians are wildland firefighters. And there's gonna be a time when we actually get the support that we need on, you know, kind of all levels of life. And that's, that's my hope, you know, I, I don't know if it's just the, the circle I guess you could say that I'm running in not like, like actually running in a circle, but like, you know, the stuff I'm seeing on social media, but I, I, I agree. I've seen a lot more of that even in the last few months, you know, I, I, I think the public is starting to get a better understanding of what we do. And I really feel that they're, you know, reaching out and, really trying their best to support us. And they, at least I feel that, you know, they really want to help. Not just like with, you know, water and Gatorade and snacks. Like, no, I really feel like what I've seen is they really do genuinely care. And, you know, they, they really do see the struggles that we go through and they're really starting to understand how difficult this job actually is. Yeah, yeah. And and 
you know, something like you, like what you said before was how this study that Missoula Labs did about, you know, the hot shots and jumpers, like, yeah, they were peak performance June, like July, but August, September, they're like starting to dip down to the, like the end of the season. Like we've all seen the hot shot crew come, come to the chow line and they look literally malnourished. Like they're skinny, like their muscles are gone. Like they have bigger bellies. Like they look malnourished, like literally from a medical standpoint. And I think that's really common in the September, October fires. And it's not by accident. It's, it's like what we've been talking about is, is the nutrition and, and the extreme endurance that we're putting on our bodies. And, and I kind of want to pivot a little bit to the PT programs that, that you've been talking about that, you know, me and you both have been implementing. And it's like, you know, one, it's not just a PT program, it's a wellness program, right? So we really got to talk about mind, body, spirit, wellness, but also the PT program shouldn't be, you know, run every day, do CrossFit the next day, do a Tabata, like endurance circuit. It's like cardio, 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 right? And, and something that, that something I read in my, uh, when I was getting certified as a fitness trainer was about, uh, you know, basically like marathon runners are, are more likely to have heart attacks. And because the overtraining actually like hardens the arteries and overdevelops the heart muscle. And it's like, Oh, when I read that, I immediately thought about wildland firefighting. Cause that's, that's exactly what we do. And you look at like the trends is like the number one thing for firefighters is heart attack. Right. And it's like, there is a correlation there that, you know, I don't have the study, you know, there, I'm not a cardiologist, but I think there's something there. Right. So it's like, our, our PT programs at the lowest level need to start thinking differently, right? More functional fitness and actually doing exercises at appropriate volumes throughout the season. You know, we can all try to, at the beginning of the season, try to get to that. I'll get to a baseline, but then you know, come August, do we really need to be running 10 miles? And then the next day, like, like you said, do we really need to be pounding out that two hour super intense CrossFit? Like is, are we really doing ourselves? a Is, is this even a word, a, a disjustice did, did I use that properly? Yeah. Yeah. You know, definitely. And, and what you're saying is like, you know, I'll just tell a story here a little bit of like, you know, seeing Rabdo on the fire line. It's like, yeah, we PT in the morning. Like, you know, I was watching this guy do these huge squats and like doing this CrossFit workout. And then next thing you know, like two hours later, we're getting flown into a fire and the hike is just brutal. Right. And yeah, that guy went down with Rabdo and it's like, that is actually a common story like rhabdomyolysis is super common and it's very serious like at the later stages so it's like there's there's health concerns with PTing so freaking crazy that you're actually damaging the crew you're damaging the morale where it's like if we added in you know functional fitness hiking like yoga like actually having a well-rounded program not just run run cardio run run cardio it's like man, there's so much better firefighters at that point than, than, uh, the old school just run it out. Yeah. And you know, I've, that, that wasn't mentioned in S one thirty, Rabdo 
and you know all that 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 section in that class teaches is heat stress heat exhaustion dehydration and heat stroke and i was like whoa that's that's not enough like we really need to look at rhabdo and like you know i i i took it upon myself to just kind of try to dive down that rabbit hole for like 20 minutes and like really explain it and uh just try to make my guys aware of hey we're not gonna you know bang our heads into the wall every day just because we can you know if it's a super high fire danger day like let's have an easy pt and then let's rehydrate get some good food into us and you know let's have a a slow afternoon where we're we're ready for the big one yeah yeah and that's a i think that's a that's a mindset shift that's newer because you know how many times have you gone on a severity assignment and it's you know 110 degrees out and you're PTing at two in the afternoon and you get a fire call like that's happened to me so many times right and i think that's that's like that used to be the norm where now it's like exactly what you're saying man like there's there's this culture shift happening and and i just love this conversation because there's there's so much and like what you're talking about like the rebdo's not even in the books but we see it i mean you see that you see that on like at least every season there's one or two like minimum right it, it, yeah exactly and you know kind of tagging off what you just said like i remember a few years ago we were in severity and it didn't matter we were we were just out cutting 10 hours a day and then we had we had a fire in the afternoon you know at the end of shift we're driving home from the cutting unit and then we had to go and you know do our job and it was you know actually that might have been the fire that you were on does that sound about right oh yeah that's happened so many flipping times you like you're cutting all day like getting into it and you're like busting your ass right you've got like you know, a hundred trees on the ground and everything's awesome. And then you get back in the engine and, you know, like a mile or two down the road, you're like, man, what am I going to be doing tonight? And then the fire call comes in. You're like, fudge. And then like, your, your body is, I don't want to say completely broken, but like you're, you're hurting, you're tired, your head's probably not in the game. So all you're doing is thinking about going home and eating and, relaxing but here you go for the next possibly 24 hours you have to go out and do gangster shit in the woods you know and it's just like i said we're just banging our heads against the wall instead of actually being smart about it and i re like like you said i have seen a major shift in the last couple years of just being smart you know, we're going to like, like, like I said, oh, it's a fire day. We're going to have an easy PT, get a good sweat. And then we're going to go and actually be ready to go do our job instead of going out and cutting for 10 hours or going out and doing some sort of crazy project work and then be completely gassed a half mile into our hike 
and then not even be able to finish the hike, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, it happens all the time. And, you know, so man, we've hit on so much today. I mean, like leadership and mental health and PT and performance. And, and I'm curious, is there anything else that we haven't talked about that you want to hit on? Oh, I don't know. I can keep going down all these rabbit holes if you want me to. We can talk about aliens if that's appropriate. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Love it, man. Yeah. And uh, gosh, yeah, there's just so much to talk about because there's a million rabbit holes we can go down. And, and you know, I think really looking at it all, it's it's uh, what an amazing career I had. What an amazing job it all is and i just want to shout out to all the wildland firefighters and be like man you like all of you are, are just in my thoughts all the time and prayers and blessings because it's just an amazing thing that you do and and i just love this community and and uh man thank you dave for coming on the show because this is so much fun and i hope you come back because uh we can just go down rabbit holes all day long right let's do it man yeah i'm so down <laughs> so much fun. so much fun just just bullshitting here yeah. yeah i guess i mean we might as well go down like the 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 bigfoot realm you know because i mean that's something people <laughs> people have like like i've seen on social media like well that person got demoed for even talking about it it's like well let's let's actually let's fucking talk about it because you know people like people are getting emo for talking about bigfoot what yeah I saw that in, in one of the, uh, one of the major Facebook groups and I was like, wow, that's, that's crazy to hear. But yeah, somebody was commenting about that and it's, uh, it's so interesting cause it's like, I mean, who cares what, why, why would you get demo for that? But it's still like, I think it's, it's, a, I mean, obviously it's a fringe topic, but I, there's people that have seen that on the fire line, right? Yeah, I'm, I mean, I've seen stuff out there that I can't explain, but I'm not going to go out and send someone home for, you know, acting kind of goofy, right? I think that's a bit, that's a bit much. Well, you know, <laughs> I, I think that's what I call like day 12 when you get the skits, right? That's what I call it when it's just oh. like, you're so <laughs> insane and hungry and sleep deprived that you're just like the whole crew is just kind of in, insanity at that point, like day 12, like. It's almost my favorite time of the role, actually. Yeah, you know, we've we've all been working together and we've all formed and stormed and normed, right? And we can really just, we can even, you know, go down these rabbit holes and just talk about whatever we want, you know? It, it becomes a family and it's crazy how quickly that happens. You know, after, after 12 days together, like, you feel like you've known that person for, for years. Yeah. It's just amazing. It, it's, it's crazy how close we get out, out there on the line. Cause it's like, it's really like brother and sister. Like it's that hardcore of a bond, like in 12 days, 14 days, you know, hey, brother, <clears throat> brother. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely, man. All right, man. Any, any last thoughts on here? Thanks for having me, Tom. Yeah. Let's do this again. Yeah. So much fun. And uh, yeah, let's go down some awesome rabbit holes next time. And and thank you so much. And, and are you interested in sharing like your Facebook or do you want people to reach out to it all or, or anything like that? 
Um, yeah, I have no problem with that. Uh, David Mallory on Facebook. Um, I don't know if you can post the link in this, if that's something that's possible, but that's yep. it. Yep. Show notes. I'll, I'll put your, your Facebook there so people can reach out to you. And, um, yeah, man, like everybody listening, just reach out to Dave. Cause he's, he's an amazing guy and he's just going to brighten your day. Like immediately. That's what he does for me. It's just like, Oh shit, I got to talk to Dave. Right. Cause uh, <laughs> just my stoke level goes up every time we talk. So thank you. And, and thanks for being on the show. It's been such a fun conversation. And, and, you know, I think we're just helping people break the stigma and that's so important because, you know, whatever you think you are, you are so much more than that. And, and uh, just go out there and find your sacred ancestry because it's going to be amazing. Absolutely. Hey, can I give a shout out real quick? Yeah, do it. Is is that something that's that's possible? Yep. Can I can I can I name the the crew? Is that is yep. that something that's okay? Yeah, do let's it. Do it. I'd like to give a shout out to my to my old engine four seven two cats. Y'all keep doing. Uh, Keep doing the good work in Arizona. Y'all know who you are. <laughs> Love it, man. Appreciate it. And uh, we'll talk to you all in the next one. Later, y'all. <laughs>